0: Jillian Pensavale Patrick Hines Girl we gotta get right to it Oh my god You guys You guys You you guys, we talked to Asia. We talked to Asia McLean. Asia McLean,
1: I don't who's Nisha. Who? I know. It is, the Nisha call has been replaced with the goddamn Asia call. You guys Are you kidding?
0: For anybody who doesn't know who Asia McLean is, she was she is Adnan Sayed's alibi witness. She is the reason his his conviction was vacated. Yeah, she is
1: Asia McLean. She saw him in the library. I know. Oh
0: my God. Um, by the time you hear this episode, that interview will be live on our Patreon feed. Um, she was not what I was expecting at all.
1: Well, what I mean, she was lovely, lovely, personable, super like empathetic. Yeah, you know. But, this, I, but I agree. Like, she was awesome. Yeah. But also at the same time, I was like, oh my god! Like t- ten minutes in, I'm like, we're just hanging out with our girl Asia. I know. <laughs> what?
0: I thought that she was gonna be kind of sassy or even a little bit like media savvy. She's not. Like she's intensely private. Yeah. She's intensely like. Um, you know, she like just in talking to her, like she seems like she has like a very small, tight knit group of like people that she's close with Absolutely. in her life. Like she keeps everything very like close and pr- But like you guys, she opened up to us.
1: I mean jaws on the floor. And at one point I was yeah. like, you know, Asia, you don't suffer fools. And she went, hm. like I heard it, I'm like, yes, girl. After she tells
0: heart. us about the time she read Sarah Koenig for filth.
1: Like I know just I don't know what bell it is, but it's like a, the tea being spilled bell. I uh. asked her if
0: she like called Sarah to give her more information. She's like, Oh, I called her. She likes not like, to took give the her the
1: blinds down in her house, in her like gorgeous house, wherever she lives. We will not expose no. you, Asia, wherever she happens to live. I don't know, it's yeah. not a problem. But those shades were pulled down. The library was in session.
0: I know. You guys, at the end of this episode, we're gonna have like a three two to three to four minute uh clip of that interview. Uh. There's too many amazing excerpts. I don't even know. Know how I'm gonna be able to figure out which one to play. Uh, if you want to hear the full interview, go to and and hear all of our serial coverage, all of our staircase coverage, all of our bonus episodes, all commercial free. Patreon.com slash true obsessed or go to truecrimeobsessed.com and click on the Patreon link. Uh, ladies and gentlemen from the archives of 1978, the Gene Parr Show.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, John Waterwitz robbed a bank to get his lover a sex change. Well, she got it. <laughs> And she's here! <laughs>
0: oh my god! I for, first of all, let's tell the people what are we talking about today? Oh, the dog. The dog,
1: I, the you dog. guys. It's the real life story of Dog Day Afternoon. Which
0: I did not, I had no idea that it was about the gays. You call the, yourself
2: a
1: gay historian, I know. how dare you? I
0: know, I didn't know. So this is the documentary <laughs> about the man that the, that Al Pacino movie is based on.
1: And let me tell you, you guys, you guys know how I love dogs. The <laughs> puppers, the doggos, they're all 15 out of 10 in my book. But let me tell you, this dog is fucking problematic. Yeah, he's
0: kind of garbage. <laughs>
1: There's, there are things where I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Same. And then suddenly Same. he he says a sentence and you're like, oh, he's the I worst know, now. I know, I know. What?
0: At one point he literally is like, I'm old school Italian. I'm a chauvinist pig. I'm like, girl, you're a gay. You're, can, you,
1: can everyone just have several seats? <laughs> get the popcorn, get the black beauty scotch, whatever you have to do, because this is a goddamn doozy. And it's another documentary that's about an hour too long. For sure.
3: A man doesn't regret what he does. I consider myself a romantic. When I met Ernie for the first time, it was love at first sight. And because I loved him on August 22, 1972, I had to do something. Nobody would ever did what I did. Nobody would ever rob a bank to give a guy a sex change operation. That's why they made a movie about it. But there's only one star, and that's me. Parked the car, Bobby dropped the shotgun. And all these people are standing there, but you know, who's gonna say anything? Oh, you dropped your shotgun.
2: <laughs> when he was a kid, he was good. I tell you what I did to him one time I spied on him. I was down in that village. See, I knew more than what he thought. Please.
3: I went to Chase Manhattan when I first was out, and I wanted to be a security guard. I said, I'm the guy from Dog Day Afternoon. Nobody's going to rob the Dog's Bank. If I had a dream, and in that dream I saw everything that happened, would I still go out and do it? You're damn right I would still go out and do it.
0: So it opens with the Gene Par Show from 1978, and it,
1: I think that you it, just heard you that just you heard just the heard R- the, R- the R- authentic
0: tape, super real. I think that it does this because it gives us a really good setup of like what this is, and basically, it's a movie about a gay who like <laughs> fell in love with a a. a Trans, what we would now today would call a trans person. Right. They didn't have that language back in the 70s when all of this happened. But basically the idea is that this man robbed a bank or attempted to rob a bank to pay for the sex change operation for this person, Ernie.
1: Right. So there are a lot of pronoun issues. We're just going to say it right at the top. Yeah. We're going to use the pronouns that are used in the movie yes. because we use the audio of the movie in this podcast. So as to not confuse you, <laughs> we're just going to say what they say. But you guys, we are allies. Patrick is a gay person. Um, all right. So... Jillian,
0: it starts with this guy... John Waterwitz. I I can't even say his name. His name is John Waterwitz. John Water... And we get him in the present. And he's like our narrator for this movie.
1: Yeah, and then some. His... My first notes are: Do I have to stare at his teeth the whole time? Mine
0: are: How tight on these janky teeth are we going to be the whole time? It looks like those bad. teeth are going to fall out any minute.
1: Teeth are bad. Yeah. And look, I, you know, I don't like talking about someone's physical attributes. Like, yeah. it's, it, I think it's mean. However, this guy is kind of garbage. He's kind of garbage. And like the tight
0: shot on his face and the teeth look like they're moving around. I know it's he, unnecessary. He looks like, like a like a like a like
1: a Halloween lawn ornament. Yeah, totally. Pull it back. It looks like something that like a prank like prank teeth yeah. that someone <laughs> yes, would buy. Exactly. This documentary took 10 years to make. I know. It didn't, I mean, I don't think they ever learned to pull back on your subject (laughs) if something is, whatever. So we learned that John Waterwitz is called the dog. He, right out the gate, he's like, I call myself a pervert because I'm uh, sexually orientated. (laughs) Look, look, look. People have vices. They smoke, they drink, they gamble. I don't do any of those things, but I have sex. So I'm a pervert, and I'm like, um...
3: Okay, I don't smoke, I don't drink, I don't do drugs, I don't gamble. So I'm an angel. (laughs) But I got horns. Okay, and the trouble is, when you got horns, you only can do one thing, okay? And that's fuck.
1: a pervert for how how you if you force people to have sex we'll yeah. get to that in a minute or whatever like and then he's like i consider myself a romantic let me introduce you to my wife ernie <laughs> all right, all right. Okay.
3: <laughs> i consider myself a romantic there's sex and there's love i'm a lover When I met Ernie for the first time, it was love at first sight.
1: He's had four wives and 23 girlfriends. And they all know each other. He goes, I'm like Prudential. I'm like the insurance, what is that, an insurance place or a bank? Right, the other thing. He's is- like, I'm like a rock. They all come to me. I wanted to be pointed out
0: that 90% of his wives and girlfriends are men. Are men. Or were born men. Yeah, or were born men. Right, exactly. Let me introduce
1: you to my wife, <laughs> See, <Ernie. sorry. laughs> That's what he says. Well his name is like Arnold or whatever. We right. hear later it's God. like I think I don't know if it's on the Gene Polly show or someone else where it's like, This is Arnold, also known as Ernie and I'm like, What? <laughs> So can we please talk about Carmen, who is who is John? Carmen. Water- I have to say, Waterwitz. It's yeah, nice don't to really, say. Don't you guys, really. if you say, just say it just like this, Waterwitz. That's your Queens. <laughs> you have just been ordained in the borough of Queens. So Carmen is his first wife. She is she is a cis woman. She's born a woman. She, she is. is a woman now. Yeah. Um, so she is telling us, cause we, the movie, the documentary starts with like the, the bank robbery kind of happening already.
0: Yeah. You guys, the, the robbery is the main event. So we, it, I mean, all, throughout, we're always talking about this robbery. Yeah. What the
1: fuck were those last 45 minutes about? I guess we'll get it there. It was
0: rid- just, we could have stopped after the, we should have stopped after the bank robbery. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So Carmen is saying like, it was a hot August day. We were at the beach. <laughs> I was with my girlfriends and we're listening. We're transfixed and we're watching. It was a hot, hot day. Oh God.
2: And um, I'm listening to the radio, and I hear an admitted homosexual has just robbed a bank in Brooklyn, AWP, and they said his name and everything.
1: And the thing about Waterwitz, you guys, it's not spelled water, W-A-T-E-R-W-I-T-Z. It's like there's a J in there. So, nobody can pronounce this guy's name. So, they're listening on the radio, they're watching on TV, and Carmen's like, That kind of sounds like my last name. Because they're like, uh, John, John W. John, this guy is robbing a bank. I went
2: home and watched it on TV, and I'm listening and listening. I didn't hear Waterwitz. I heard John something. So, I said to my girlfriend, This sounds like my name, doesn't it? She
1: started laughing.
2: We went in the backyard, we had a barbecue.
0: We went to the backyard and had a barbecue.
1: Yeah, and then they watched it, and she yeah. was like, that's, right. that's my John. <laughs> then we meet Terry, his mother.
0: You guys, this woman, I did not know what to think of her at first. She gets all the hero bells.
1: She has no time for your shit. None. When he was a kid, he was good.
0: He was no trouble.
1: She she's like John was a good kid he was no trouble always <laughs> isn't that always the way it's like the you know the kid totally. the the garbage person as a child no trouble at if all if that is the benchmark my daughter is garbage she. Is- <laughs> <laughs>
0: my beautiful beautiful daughter who i literally live for is so much trouble i can't even tell you i
1: was an excellent child until i got to high school and then it all came and then it all came out and then i before and now i'm i think I'm a decent person yeah. See, don't let's not judge daisy yet i feel like she'll grow out of this
0: oh god please but, please. When, but when
1: i'm a talking head in her, in her documentary i promise i'll say all good things so, John Wadowitz met Carmen, his first wife, when they both worked at Chase Manhattan Bank. Yeah. This is important, you guys, that they worked at Chase Manhattan. So, Carmen tells the story that John picked her up with two other girls in the car. He calls me up
2: to go on a date. He picks me up with two other girls. And he says, one of you will be my lucky
1: bride in the future. I thought the guy was crazy already. I just have to stress this, you guys. Uh-huh. The John we see now, present day with the teeth. Yeah is not John from 1972. No. John from 1972 looks pretty close to what Al Pacino looks like in the movie. He really
0: does. The thing that they say a lot but you only see it in the movie a couple of times is that he's really fucking short.
1: He's super short but he's he's like a good looking dude. Very,
0: very handsome. Yeah. So
1: he shows up on his first date with his then first wife with two other women and he's like one of you lucky ladies is gonna be my wife. (laughs) Who's it gonna be? (laughs) Guess what? It was Carmen. (laughs) Carmen. Um, so then he goes to basic training for the, for the Vietnam war. He's like, you. I, he, I
0: was thinking about how I got called out so hard for saying Vietnam. He served and he calls it Vietnam. He calls it,
1: well, it's when he had in basic training is when he had his first gay experience. His name was Wilbur. Yes. It was, uh, he was like, he got a blowjay when he was sleeping. I know. John.
3: And then we kept having this relationship because he blew great. He was like a summer breeze.
1: <laughs> it was like a summer breeze. <laughs> so... It's just like garbage. Like, like oh. I'm like I'm here for a good blowjay, But Jesus <laughs> Christ!
0: You guys, imagine the dirtiest grandpa you've ever seen talking to you about like sexual experiences. That's
1: what this entire. That's movie exactly is. That's exactly what this whole movie is. So he comes home. He goes to disappoint my in-laws. I survived the Vietnam War because they the in-law Carmen's family hated him on sight. Yeah. and didn't want them to get married. And they were like, Ah, oh, d- don't get married. Just get married when he gets <laughs> home. Get married when he gets home. Like delaying the inevitable. Totally just die in vietnam like everybody else right <laughs> surprise he comes home knocks on the door knock Take knock down. knock i'm here to marry your your kid carmen and they're like shit he made it but not
2: without drama there was a big thing at the end it was terrible my priest wanted to annul the wedding that night annul it.
3: the night of the wedding we almost broke up because we had a fight over the wedding money the father wanted me to pay for part of the wedding So we got into a big fight, me and Carmen, that night.
0: Poor planning on everybody's part. They wait until the night of the wedding to discuss money, like who's going to pay for the wedding. Carmen's dad decides at the wedding that he wants the dog to pay for half of the wedding.
1: With like the gift money that they got from the wedding. Right.
0: So he, like, takes the money, throws it in the dad's face, and storms out, which is something I would totally do.
1: And then we, like, Terry, his mother, John's mother, is, like, kind of Team Carmen. Yeah. She's <laughs> she totally like is. Carmen, girl, it's not meant to be. you got to walk away. <laughs> like, you just got to, like. And then she's like, any woman can have 50 men if we wanted. But who wants them?
3: <laughs> Plenty of them out there, baby. Plenty of men.
2: Plenty of suckers on the beach, you know. Ain't like women, we say, you know. You can have 50 men in your life if you want
1: them.
0: Who the hell wants it?
1: She's it. like, oh, please, men, I can't. She this Terry has This been is modern
0: through. day Terry, like sitting in her
1: like she's far like, rock. Pa- away. Like ho- yeah. like homemade pasta. Totally. Bo- the boy, like she's in like our house dressed, and she's like, I could get a fifty men on the street, but who wants them? <laughs> Not me. Oh, please, these men. So okay. John and Carmen split up right around Stonewall, right? This little- Should we give a
0: just a quick primer for anybody who doesn't yeah. know? Stonewall is a bar in Greenwich Village where there was a riot on uh June 28, nineteen sixty. 69, that was like, it's considered to be the, the birth of the of the gay civil rights movement. The bar is still there.
1: And apparently every night is still a riot. You guys, the tagline <laughs> at Stonewall has come to Stonewall where every
0: night's a riot. Perfect. Can you Can you handle it?
1: I mean, own that shit girl. I love it. I know.
3: Carmen and I broke up June 20th, 1969. That's when the first man walked on the moon, Neil Armstrong. And then they had the Stonewall riots on June 26th. 1969 and that's what they called the birth of the gay movement okay so the gay movement happened at the same time that the guy walked on the moon and I walked on Carmen
0: so a couple of, shit, a couple of things happened here that I do not like at all. Number one, he gets the date of Stonewall wrong. He says that Stonewall was on June 26th. It was June 28th. It was the first night. Early in the morning, like 1 o'clock in the morning. So uh-huh. you could say June 27th because it was, a, I think, a Friday into a Saturday. But anyway, it was June 28th. It was not definitely June 26th. not the
1: 26th. Not the no 26th. No matter how you slice it. Exactly. Right.
0: And also, he says this horrible thing. He says the gay rights movement happened at the same time as a man walked on the moon and I walked on Carmen. Not funny. I don't like it. I don't like it. No, no, no. Also, because Carmen sticks by him throughout. Throughout. She's in this documentary. She's such a champion for him. She stays married to him. We'll find this out later. They're married for a lot longer. Like, Uh they don't actually get divorced. No, Carmen kind of rules. I love Carmen. But you guys, John joins this organization called Gay
4: Activist Alliance. Homosexuals who acknowledge their homosexuality and pattern their lives accordingly are known as gay. And the gay liberation movement is challenging a society that abhors homosexuality. The Gay Activist Alliance is the largest and most vocal of several homosexual groups.
0: Gay Activist Alliance was the prominent gay rights empowering organization to spring up right after Stonewall. Right. They have this like big firehouse in Soho yeah, where they, had these they dance had these dance dances. Parties. And they're Ugh. famous. Like in gay history, they're totally famous. Yeah. It was like because as John explains in another scene. At the gate, the gay bars were all owned by the mafia. Mm-hmm. You couldn't t- like you couldn't dance with each other. You couldn't really touch each other. But the GAA firehouse was a place you could go and like really dance and really just like break into it. Totally, so amazing. And Can you imagine know- how bad those parties smelled though? No air conditioning. All those guys with their shirts. All off, the
1: windows sw- closed. All Don't all let the- them see us. I know. <laughs> It's just a lot of like secretions. Just like super, super sweaty men. I know. Everyone was in shape back then, though. It feels like the more we're talking about it, the more. I'm getting a little hot myself. It's getting
0: a little steamy in here.
1: So then we have this like beautiful realization like, oh my God, the gay dance parties at the firehouse. Yeah. And then where the Stonewall is in New York City is there's this little like kind of mini park.
3: Okay, now we're just now entering Christopher Street Park where gays from all over the world come see the famous statues that are supposed to represent the gay movement
1: so john is like walking around this little mini park it's always looking at the statues and the statues are just all they're just all painted white yes right
3: okay these two statues right here represent gay males okay the only problem is that a lot of black gays and a lot of spanish gays hate these two statues Because as you notice, they're all white.
1: So he's like, well, you know, uh, some of the people don't like it. You know, it should be a black gay and a Latino gay and like an Italian gay or whatever. So what you should do here is put olive skin on the gay. And then maybe people, you know, an Asian gay. And in this statue, the face should be
3: more olive. So it could be like an Italian gay, right? Or a gay with a suntan or a Latino gay. Not to mention Chinese and all the rest.
1: And I'm like, why do you keep calling? Are I you know. part of the community? or Are I you know. not? I know. I know. So confused. It was by confusing. This. I will say,
0: John does make a good point because one of the things that people don't—it's much more known now, especially with like movies like the Marcia movie that sure. we did—the gay civil rights battle really was fought by the people of color of our community, like not the the white men who all had like jobs and were in the closet. Like our early civil rights were were won by like the people, of the gays of color, and so. so So these these statues in Sheridan Square Park across from Stonewall that pay homage to, like, the gay rights movement are stark white.
1: Right, like, their clothes are white. And yeah. I wish John said exactly what you exactly. said. Exactly. Because that's what he meant. But what he's like, they need a black gay. <laughs> and totally. it just, it comes off as like, wait, I don't even think. A gay
0: with a suntan.
1: Right, like, I don't think the people of color who, who fought for you, for you yeah. would even appreciate what you're no. trying to do here. And this was also after he gave
0: us five minutes of explaining that he would go to that park to sit down and, like, because he has sex with other people who hang out in that like park.
1: yesterday. Right like he made it sound like that's still a thing that he's doing I know. girl with those teeth I don't think so and then we get just a quick quick second of Terry and the mom the Terry the mom in our house dress god yeah. love her you know those meatballs have been simmering for two hours with the bay leaf in it she knows what she's doing she's like oh I used to go down in the village and I spied on him I went and spied he didn't know
2: I told you what I did to him one time I spied on him He never knew that I was down, I was down that village. I
1: didn't know, but I knew.
0: (laughs) What she's saying is that he wasn't out to her at the time, but she would follow him. She's like, I don't even know how he found that village.
1: Well, guess what? Guess who's back? Queen Randy Wicker!
0: Randy Wicker! Randy Wicker! You guys remember him from the Marsha P. Johnson documentary. Crazy as a loon. He has never been Uh, more lucid than he is in this documentary.
1: I, when he showed up, I was like, you know, know. like we do a a podcast about my so-called life, yeah. And uh, the mother of my so-called life is always very happy when the neighbor shows up.
0: Oh, Brian Krakow's here. I was here.
1: like, oh, God, thank God Randy Wicker's here. <laughs>
5: I was
1: thrilled. I was like seeing an old friend. I, I know. I was like, Randy Wicker, you are a cipher eyes. So Randy
0: Wicker is one of the early, early civil rights activists that's still alive. He's one of the very few as it's pointed out in this documentary, he was one of the first gay people with a video camera. He documented the early days of the movement in a way that literally nobody else did.
5: So I was the only voice in the gay activist community. I mean, as a gay reporter, I wanted to go out
1: and find out what I could. And then magically John and Ernie meet. Paint a picture. It was the feast of St. Anthony. <laughs> Ernie was in semi-drag, which means that he was in makeup, <laughs> a dress in pants. <laughs>
3: And he caught my eye because, like I tell you, I'm one of those guys, you know, when you first meet somebody, you become infatuated with them. And the first time I saw Ernie, I knew I had to have him.
1: So the thing is, this is where we really get, like, Liz slash Ernie, like we said at the top of the episode. They yeah. go back and forth because she's a trans woman. So right. She wants to be known as Liz, but she's still living as a man, so Ernie.
5: Liz was the center of every scene and she had a lot of energy and she was a great dancer. And then I remember at the gay firehouse on Wooster Street, Liz saying this Vietnam veteran was in love with him. And I saw this guy and he was short. I said, he's tiny next to you. What are you going to do with him? He's tiny. Oh, but he loves me and blah, blah, blah. And he was sort of a troll, you know, and he loved her. There's a troll that loved her.
1: So John convinces Ernie to get married. (laughs) <laughs> Ernie didn't want to get married.
3: We had a relationship. We got closer and closer together. I fell in love with him more and more. And that's why I wanted to get married. And he was against us getting married. But like I said, I convinced him into getting married.
1: Here's the thing, though. So the person who married Carmen and John, Carmen, his first wife, yeah. calls Carmen right and is like, <laughs> girl. <laughs> Get the tea. Here's what's happening. You're going to get an invitation in the mail. John's getting married to a guy named Ernie. And she's like, I'm sorry, what?
2: And he told me John's going to get married to someone in the village. I said, what do you mean getting married to someone in the What kind of marriage? And he told me he's marrying a guy who was Ernie.
0: Harmon just being a badass is like telling this story, basically like rolling her eyes and chuckling. Right. Like how Silly. Oh, the shenanigans. I love her. Cause I she love her too. she totally accepts John for who he is and what yeah. he is. So John is like taking us on a modern day tour of all his old haunts. John
1: Waterwitz, This is your life. Right. He thinks he's so hilarious. He's like, okay, in a one, two, three, four, five, and action, right? <laughs> huh?
3: Huh? Okay, now in the old days, this bar was called, what's in the name? Cafe. Okay, we had the wedding reception here and the and the wedding
1: and so he's like, That's what we got married. <laughs> and you see all these pictures from this we-
0: this like wedding where like all of the bridesmaids were in drag. You hear this story about how like the 6th precinct, the sixth precinct, the across one that broke up street. Stonewall, like is across the street and they the cops were coming over to say congratulations because they thought all the drag queens were actual women. But the best part, Randy Wicker documenting the whole thing
5: I didn't know, John, but I heard there was gonna be this wedding. And I said, I have to videotape this because First of all, I don't think I'd ever heard of a gay wedding at that point. And not only was it a gay wedding, but you know, the mother was gonna be there, which is also sort of like, oh wow, what would the mother be like?
0: I know, yes! Terry, the mom is there in 1970, whatever year it was, she's at her son's gay wedding and she's totally all about it. Uh,
5: you are the groom's mother? Yes. And
0: how do you feel today?
5: Oh, well, I'm gay. You know, I'm happy about it. What else could I
1: say? It just has to be and that's it.
0: <laughs> Later at some point, in case we forget to mention it, somebody points out that Terry is the love of John's life. Of all the women in oh, his I life. Oh, I have
1: that bolded. In yeah, all.
0: his mom is like the love of his life. And it's it's she's an incredible woman. She
1: is. So they were married on December 4th. Yes. By April, they're breaking up because... Ernie wants to have an operation to become a woman. Yes.
3: And what a lot of people don't understand is I didn't want Ernie to have the sex operation. I, at the time, was interested in a guy with big tits and a little dick. But Ernie wanted to be a woman. And in the beginning, I didn't realize how badly he wanted to be this woman.
0: So, at this point, like, John and Ernie are broken up, but they're still, like, in each other's lives,
1: Right, and Ernie has been suicidal for quite some time, been in and out of the hospital. Right. It's been a, a really bad scene.
0: And he tries to kill himself. This is all leading up to the robbery, you guys. Yeah. He gets, Ernie gets sent to the hospital, and he, when John goes to visit, he's told, like, this guy's never leaving.
3: The doctor told me, you know, he's never getting out of here. Right? And we're going to give him electric shock therapy, and he's sick, he wants to chop off his dick. Then I got in to see him. And that's when I made the decision right then. Because they're never letting them out, so I'm going to take them out by force.
1: So yeah. this is the the inspiration for the bank robbery. Exactly. And the idea.
3: Are. The
0: idea is now. John, I think, it feels bad that he kept. Ernie from getting the gender reassignment surgery right. so he's going to rob this bank break Ernie out of this hospital and get him to Europe where he can get his his sex change as they call it Right. so one of the things that I, I mentioned earlier John is giving us a tour of the West Village because mm-hmm. that's where he used to like that was his neighborhood so he takes us to this place that's now like a book or at the time of the filming was a bookstore yeah. on the corner of Christopher and Washington Streets and uh. he, it's his neighborhood bar back from like in the 70s
3: in this bar Ernie and I used to socialize and meet everybody This is where I met Bobby Westenberg and he's the second guy that went with us for the bank robbery. He had a bad lung, and I offered him $50,000 to help get me urinary out of the nuthouse.
0: And also where he meets, I can't say this guy's name, Sal Natural?
1: Yeah, or Masterson. Okay. Masterson was like his his real name, but he's like, hey, I'm Sal Naturaly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What yeah, can yeah. I do for you?
3: He was an escaped fugitive from New Jersey, and he never wanted to go back to jail then. Okay, he had just turned 18, the way I understand it, and Bobby Westenberg was about 20. And that's the story. These two other queens
0: become his accomplice. Like they met at a gay bar and they decided to rob a bank together.
1: Right. And the thing that's interesting is that John's like, so I don't have the fifty grand this minute. Right. <laughs> but once I rob the bank, right. you'll I'll give you that fifty grand. <laughs> so he doesn't pay him up front because he has no right. money. If he had the fifty grand to play to pay these two queens slash goons, <laughs> he wouldn't have to rob the bank. So it's all you guys I like- want it to never be forgotten in the entire time
0: that we were talking about this robbery that it is three queens, you guys. Three Three lady men oh, doing this robbery. It's we'll, my favorite part of this whole thing. We'll
1: get there. They have six dress rehearsals and they all go terribly, <laughs> terribly, terribly wrong. It's the play that goes wrong it totally is. in 1972 it with totally a bank is. robbery. So now this is just Garbage Minute. Can yes. we just do a Garbage oh, Minute? Oh, Garbage Minute, yeah. ba um bum ba bum because I can't wait.
0: Wah, wah, wah. <laughs>
1: so they go to the golden nugget the night before the the robbery it's it's, a hotel it's so fucking awful is in my notes so Bobby is hot apparently great John wants to have sex with Bobby and Bobby's like no and John's like I'm paying you $50,000 you must be fucking crazy if you don't owe me sex girl (laughs) no and then John just goes so I had sex with Bobby did he rape him yes garbage I can't stand it so then Sal walks in and Sal's like hey I think Bobby's hot can I have sex with Bobby and Bobby's like no and then Sal is mad and then they have a big fight and then John even says to Sal it's like Sal I know you you can have sex with bobby later right don't you tell anyone who bobby like right. bobby makes his own decisions please and the end
0: dang, dang, dang.
1: Wah, wah. <laughs> he basically says i paid you all this money first of all you know you didn't right and he never gets the money. But no, 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 no. You can't just say, like, I owe you 50 grand, so you owe me sex now. No. You're a rapist. <laughs> <I know. laughs>
0: All right, you guys, it is the day of the robbery, y'all. It's the day of the show, y'all. And these girls have not gotten their act together. They go
1: to about eight banks before they decide <laughs> what they're going to rob. And here's the thing I don't know whose idea the fuck this was. I think it's John. John likes a little fanfare, he likes a little drama. <laughs> So he, John explains <laughs> that he has this, like, shotgun in a Wrigley Spearmint package. But, like, a life-size one. He keeps saying,
0: it's
3: pop art. It's about this big, and it says Wrigley Spearmint gum. It's pop art, you know, like Andy Warhol, all right? Because, you know, if you walk in a bank with a package, they're going to be suspicious, but if you walk in a bank with a Wrigley Spearmint, gum package, they just think it's pop art and you're bringing it home to put on your wall or something, right?
1: If you walk in with a gun, no one's, everyone's going to ask questions, but if you walk (laughs) in with a big spearmint thing, they're just going to say oh, it's pop art. (laughs) Girl. (laughs) No, everyone's going to be what? Everyone's going to be asking a question, whether it's fucking a gigantic Wrigley spearmint gum right. package that is just like clearly there's a gun in there. We I mean, it needs to be pointed out too that like you guys they didn't pre-select
0: a bank, so they go down to the Lower East Side, they find a bank on like Essex and Rivington or something, and like John stays in the car, and the other two lady goons get out of the car. <laughs> uh, hashtag Lady Goons. <laughs> The other two lady goons get out of the car and one of them drops the spearmint gum thing and the shotgun goes off.
3: All of a sudden I hear this big boom. I go, what's this boom? I look out the side of the car window and the assholes drop the shotgun. It fell out of the back of the box.
1: But and everyone was just like, what was that noise? That's eh, 1972. Whatever. In New York City, on the Lower East like, Side. Who gives yeah, a exactly. Fuck? It's probably the cops murdering a couple gays. Like, people <laughs> didn't give a fuck. It was awful.
0: So they get back in the car. John's literally like, but well, no one's going to ask any questions. Like, you dropped your shotgun.
1: Yeah. Let's try a different bank. And for her, like, dress rehearsal number two. And they're like crashing into cars. They can't find a good parking spot. Because, you know, in the 70s, every car was like a fucking boat. The Buicks were like as big as this living room.
3: Now we're driving to a lot of a series of banks. And we get in front of this run bank, and we're just doing a practice run. Goes in for a silver dollar, comes back out. Okay, let's try to get away. Try to get away, we smack into a car.
1: It is a comedy of errors. These lady goons. But it's not funny at all. It's the I day they show y'all. Instead of Dog Day
0: Afternoon, it should have been like a gay rom com called Lady Goons.
1: Lady, I mean, let's make it. So, in the middle of their eight dress rehearsals, they're like, let's just go to the movies. So, they just <laughs> are like can't even hang at their own bank robbery it's they go to the shitty movie theater that is like still on 42nd street that is like now a gay porn totally whatever thing which is great
0: but they go to watch the godfather
1: to get inspiration
3: <laughs> so we go and watch the godfather for inspiration right and then i write out the note i go to the bank manager you know this is an offer you can't refuse sign the boys <laughs>
1: so then John's like oh I really like that line about an offer you can't refuse you guys that line happens in the first four minutes of the movie (laughs) I feel like they didn't have the attention span to watch the entire (laughs) eight hour movie look I love the godfather my last name is Valley. I get it so they keep messing it up and they're not getting caught and finally they like settle on a Chase Manhattan bank remember because John worked at a Chase Manhattan bank
3: yeah after a while we spoiled all these bank robberies so John says I know a bank I said, okay, let's not mess this one up.
1: So then we meet Robert Kapstadter. Oh, the, Daily the reporter, News. yes. He's like, look, my shift started at five. He like <laughs> shuffled in at 5 p.m. And everyone's like, Girl, have you been watching? Because you guys not, 1972. No one knows anything unless they're like in the middle of it right, or watching right, TV. Totally. So he walks in and it's like, hey girl. The shit's been happening since two thirty. Get on it.
0: These queens are robbing a bank.
1: And he's like, "All right, well, maybe I'll just call the bank." Bitch, call <laughs> the bank. <laughs> and a lady
4: goon answers the phone. This guy picks up the phone, and says he's one of the bandits. So I started interviewing him. He's giving me these great quotes. I said, "You know, can are, are you afraid of dying? Are you could you really kill these people?" And just you know, I'm sitting there listening to this, taking typing like crazy, and my mind is going. Wow, <laughs> what a story! This...
1: They give Robert the goddamn play-by-play. They're giving him an interview in the middle of the robbery. They're on the phone and they're like, "Yeah, what? Yeah, no, no, no. His name is John Wodowitz. Yeah, I know. There's a J in there. Uh-huh. No, we've been here since two thirty. Uh-huh. No, what? What are you wearing? Yeah, no, we tried the other banks, but then I dropped the gun. I know. No, that was totally us who crashed into the other Buick. Yeah, no, now we're down in the East Village now.
4: They said, all right, why don't you go down there? So I went down the bank. It was a circus.
1: So he goes down there, and it's a fucking circus.
0: There's like, there's police cars and fire trucks and ambulances and and press and then like people coming out of the woodwork trying to watch whatever's happening.
4: You had snipers on rooftops and then you had this crowd, it was a big mob, about 2,000 people. They would cheer, I mean that was a Brooklyn crowd that night. Yo! I didn't see any hot dog wagons or t-shirt guys but it had that same kind of atmosphere. TV cameras! Well, it was a full-blown show.
0: All right, then we get on the screen. It says two hours earlier, 3 p.m. So now we're going to learn about what happens when they, like, the lady goons walked into the bank.
1: Right, they're all in the bank. It's the day of the show, y'all. Yeah. They're in the bank. And Bobby. Who's Bobby, been, who's been sexually, sexually assaulted,
3: assaulted brutally the night before.
1: Is like, girl, I can't do this. I don't want any part of this. I hate you. Yeah. Now.
3: When we went inside the bank, Bobby walks over to me and says, I can't do it. I go, what? He says, I can't do it. I said, what the fuck do you mean you can't do it? We're in here. No, no, I got to go
1: good for Bobby, she is just like she strutted yeah. the fuck out of that she's
0: like girl, well, <laughs> lady do down. own
1: me she's saying you don't <laughs> own me walking out, she's like not even doing this um, so then John's like I guess I gotta do it, yeah no shit asshole, It's right. your fucking idea Exactly. maybe you should do it if it was your idea
3: I pull the shotgun out of the package I says okay, nobody move back up, nobody touch any alarms I said we're gonna take the money, we're gone we don't want no problems, everybody does what I tell them and everything will be all right, and we'll be out of here in five minutes.
0: But then he looks out the window, and like they've only been in there a minute, and like there are cops on the fire escape across the, the way, cops in the front, He's snipers shocked. on
3: the roof. I don't know what went wrong, but that's why right. whenever you see bank robbery movies, they go, We only got a minute. Now you know why.
0: One of the funny things, there's like a, a, an interview from the bank manager at the time, right. who's like, They were idiots.
1: Oh, yeah, no, they did four dress rehearsals and they all failed. Right. <laughs> so they come up with this plan in air quotes <laughs> to tell the cops to get Ernie to the bank. So Ernie is now in a mental institution because of the attempted suicide.
3: Right. I says I know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna get Ernie. I'm gonna tell the cops to go to the nut house and bring Ernie down here. We're gonna get on the plane. We're gonna fly him to Denmark and get him the sex change operation.
0: The getaway plan is going to be that they're going to get a car. They're going to get a car to the airport where there's going to be a jet waiting.
1: But, like, John hasn't called a car. Like, he doesn't. He's just saying this. And it's like, girl, I'm all about, like, manifesting your reality. Like, say what you want to be a thing. But you can't just, like, rob a bank and be like, hey, cops. Hey, hey, 1972 super homophobic cops. Call my wife Ernie. (laughs) And then suddenly, like, the limo and plane will appear, right. and we can just, like, be, like, heliported away. Like, right. that's, like, well, right. not how this works. Right. And so at this point,
0: like, remember when that, that reporter called, and, like, they they answered the phone of the bank? Yeah, they They're like, doing a live interview on the radio now, where John is explaining his plan. What's going
4: on now? We're waiting to
3: negotiate the release of the people so we can get out of here. What are your terms for release? Well, I want them to deliver my wife here from Kings County Hospital. Uh, his name is Ernest Aaron. It's a guy. I'm gay.
0: His name is Ernest. I'm a guy. I'm gay.
1: <laughs> and which is exactly when Carmen, John's yeah. first wife, who is yeah. an actual woman, <laughs> is like, I just I saw Ernie for the first time on the news. I put the news on. I was watching it, and I hear there's another bulletin
2: out now. He wants to see his wife, and this is his wife. And they put the picture on the television of Ernie in the bride outfit, which I never saw before. And my relatives never knew Johnny was gay. Then she says that she's starting to get calls from her family. And then I get the phone calls. We told you not to marry him. You see? You see what you did?
1: Let me tell you, this is so like Queens, Brooklyn, New York. We're like, now Carmen's getting blamed totally. for the fucking dog day afternoon robbery. It's like, you hated him anyway. What? it? Like, she didn't. She's not with the guy anymore. That is like so typical.
0: Right. So Sal is still inside the bank, but you see all of these shots of John outside the bank. No gun, no print. He's talking to the cops. I know. He's like getting in fights with them. One of the cops calls him a... F- Ooh, no, she better don't. Oh, this, uh, one,
1: this, this was... This was a hero I battle. know,
0: totally, totally. Where
1: he... But he's like, I don't have a weapon, bro. Right. Like, what are we going to fucking do about it? You want to <laughs> come know. fight me?
3: I said, you call me a f- Fifi O'Hara. One more time, I'll kick your fucking ass. And if you think you're so fucking bad, why don't you put down that gun and come over here and call me a Fifi O'Hara. Because I'll fuck you up. Come on, put down the gun and come on over. You see me with a gun? I don't got no weapons. Come on over, let's go.
1: And the the cop like slinks away. I know, and the other cops laugh. Yeah, because it's like, you guys, you can be a, a gay man and still fucking beat the shit out of someone who's calling you this out. This is what the cops were like. I know. I hate to tell you. I know, it was but awful. But this is what reality is. So here's what happened. So John is saying, I need Ernie. You have to get Ernie. Yeah. So the sad and heartbreaking thing is that Ernie has been in a, quote, nut house, not my words, in a mental institution, and so pumped up with pills and tranquilizers that she thinks... No, no, no! John wants to kill me.
0: And we get this information from this like police officer. It's so there's like all these reporters on this police officer who's like just he like you. We think we're struggling with like the pronouns and the language. I know. This cop was like ah, oh, we got the wife here.
4: We have this uh, his wife here. That was the way we had, We we got one guy out just on that bargain to let him talk on the telephone. The wife re- is right across the street, but refuses to go near him. She believes John to be unstable, and will
5: kill him.
0: So Ernie doesn't want to come out. But they get another one of John's exes there. This guy named Patsy.
1: And John's like, I tongued Patsy, and John was doing it to be a fuck you to the cops, like. I'm and not, the crowd,
0: like, the gathered crowd. Yeah. So after they make out, and Patsy's walking away, the crowd is calling him queer and screaming the anti-gay f-word.
1: Right. I mean, the whole world knew.
0: Yeah, everyone was watching. And so
1: he's like, I'll just make out with the dude. Like, it, it, yeah. some of it is kind of badass. I know, like, it is and badass. And I hate, he's, a, he's a rapist, and I hate it. Yeah. Um. And then the mayor, Mayor Lindsay, calls John and is like, John, according to John.
0: Right, because this is kind of a terrifying thing.
1: It's, I don't think, again, according to John. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mayor Lindsay is like, we will kill everyone in there <laughs> before New York City is defamed and embarrassed. And I feel like... <laughs> I don't so, know how true that is. Finally,
0: whatever, the cops like, give in to his like, demands, and they the thing that was crazy about his demands was that he wanted to take all of the hostages with him. The idea is they're going like, to get a limo to JFK, and I guess they're all going to get on this plane and fly away.
4: Finally, around 3.30 this morning, an airport limousine pulled up at the bank with an FBI agent at the wheel. Only then did the second gunman come out of the bank. A rifle slung over his shoulder. 26-year-old Salvatore Naturelli then joined Wojtowicz and their hostages in the limousine and headed for Kennedy Airport.
0: Now, modern day, we're told that, like, the driver is an FBI agent. Right. But, like, of course, nobody knew that.
1: Right, because, like, John didn't plan it. Again, like we were saying before, Bad he was planning. like, well, just a limo will just appear. Right. And we'll all have tickets to Denmark and do, right. and, like, the FBI was like, well, if he thinks that, maybe we'll just kind of make <laughs> it so and get him to get into this limo. Oh, and then it was like, surprise, girl! It's like the big surprise ending.
4: The caravan would pass through an airport gate leading to a secluded runway. The bank robbers had hoped to make their escape in a small jet plane. They failed.
0: It's horrible, but they get to the they get to the tarmac and the FBI agent like dives for the two offenders and shoots Sal and Sal dies.
1: Yeah, well Sal's a rapist. So. Yeah. <laughs> so sorry.
0: So you guys that's like the interesting part of the movie like the movie literally goes on for like another 40 minutes yeah. needlessly so we're gonna give you the cliff notes
1: right and this is like just watch dog die afternoon
0: yeah so John gets sentenced to jail he goes to this like really rough jail where yeah. he basically is gonna be killed mm-hmm. but he meets this other man named George mm-hmm. this like beautiful black man
1: like half black half Irish yeah who is what they call a prison lawyer who's someone who's like kind of a badass like he takes John under his wing yeah because John is famous now and like it's it not working well for him and right. so he helps John get his sentence slashed in half and I don't know if it was because of Dog Day Afternoon or whatever but the judge is like ah, how about we just let you out on parole after seven years
0: John gets out of jail he like he marries George he forces George to say that he's his wife Ernie gets the sex change yeah. and becomes Liz it ends with like Liz dies of AIDS she becomes yep. sort of she becomes a sex worker it doesn't uh, go great for her yeah in the end like it it makes the film makes this weird jump where all of a sudden John it's years later John is like super sick he's dying of cancer yeah. he's refusing treatment mm-hmm. and he has this sort of like sad sort of final act but then in the end of 2006 he dies of cancer
1: yeah and it's like not a pleasant ending it's you not a happy ending like, I don't know what to tell you just go watch Pacino and Dog Day Afternoon like yeah. this I don't know what to say <laughs> Randy Wicker we love you we do woo it's all about Randy Wicker yeah
0: who's still alive yes somehow <laughs> Oh, girl, we got oh, through the dog. My
1: word.
0: <laughs> um, You guys, don't forget to check out our Patreon if you want to hear that killer episode with Asia McLean. Oh the full episode is up right now. If you're not a Patreon subscriber and you want to hear a little piece of it, stay tuned at the very end of this episode after the palate cleanser. You can hear it there. Yes. Um, Girl, what are we
1: doing next? We are doing, oh man. I know. The Central Park Five. I'm it. looking
0: forward to doing this one. I'm actually really looking forward to talking about this with you.
1: I know, and I think so many people have been asking us for, we've been doing this for like a long time time now yeah over a year year. yeah so since day one everyone was like ding 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 like (laughs) before the garbage (laughs) bell even was a thing people were like are you gonna do the central park five and now here we are now we're doing it
0: uh where can they find us
1: At True Crime Obsessed on the Twitter and TrueCrimeObsessed.com for our website and all the episodes.
0: Where can they find you?
1: At Jillian with a G on all the things.
0: Uh, I'm at Patrick Hines on the Twitter, at Patrick Hines underscore on the Instagram. You guys stay tuned for the trailer for uh, Central Park 5 and then our hilarious outtakes. TM, 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 TM. TM, TM, TM. TM, Our palate cleanser this week is once again from Hedwig and the Angry Inch because it just, I don't know, seems to be the musical that's the most appropriate and then after that stay tuned for a little piece of our interview with asia mcclain chapman all right bye
1: bye
4: i want us to remember what happened that day and be horrified by ourselves New York in the late 1980s was a completely schizophrenic, divided city. New York's now the
3: capital of racial violence. If I had more bullets, I would have shot them all again and again.
4: Criminality, gang wars, drug wars. We were supposed to be afraid. It would have been irrational not to be afraid. Off with the camera, man! Last night, a woman jogger was found unconscious and partially clothed in Central Park. She was beaten and sexually assaulted. A woman jogging and central park central park was holy it was the crime of the century five youths were arrested at 96th street all between 14 and 15 years of age they
3: got him
2: you can only imagine the pressure to have this crime solved and solved
5: quickly First, we was all together, then they started to put us in different rooms, separately. What did you do? Who were you with? Who did you come with? The tone was very scary. I felt like they might take us to the back of the precinct and kill
2: us. You're not going to go home until you give up a story. I told my son, go to the park that night. I feel guilty.
5: I'm telling the guy, I don't know what you're talking about. They're getting a little angry. And he's like, you know, you did it, didn't you?
0: He had been interrogated for over 24 hours.
5: That amounts
1: to pressure. These young men were guilty. It was almost unquestioned. The police controlled the story. They created the story. They seized on the fears
0: of the people, wilding the bestial characterization of the black man.
4: There's no DNA match whatsoever to any of these boys. I was going nuts. No blood on the kids. Nobody could identify them, but if they confessed, they confessed, and that was that.
0: A lot of people didn't do their jobs. Reporters, police,
4: prosecutors, defense lawyers. This was institutional protectionism. We falsely convicted them, and we walked away from our crime. This is the ultimate siren that says none of us is safe.
1: Consider myself a romantic, (laughs) let me introduce you to my wife, Ernie. (laughs) All right, okay. Come for us, Facebook. Not today. (laughs) Not today. I am fit to be tied today. Guess who's fit to be tied today? Me. Uh.
0: We're not for. That's a famous, famous, famous video from our like our history. And we're not for Randy Wicker.
1: It wouldn't exist. He could really benefit from Legacy Box. Not for nothing. You guys, Legacy Box is one of our sponsors this week. Just say we just recorded the ad. Oh my God, that's so funny. It is perfect. That is perfect. But so John went as little John Basso because that was his mom's maiden name, Basso, and he's an Italian. And also because his prick is little.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag lady goons.
1: The other two lady goons get out of the guitar. Nope, the, the, car. the car. So here's the thing, though. Ernie is dressed in this gorgeous, like, vintage... bridal gown. What a name, girl. No, Ernold,
4: <laughs> whatever. <laughs> My sex change operation got botched. My guardian angel fell asleep on the watch. Now all I've got is a bobby dog crotch. i got on an angry ants. Six inches, boy.
0: That, like, as a total This American Life serial nerd, like, there was a time when the name Asia McClain was the <laughs> biggest name in the world. Like, everybody was thinking about you and talking about you. Like, did did you have a sense of that or no?
5: No. So when I talked to Sarah, and serial didn't come out till 10 months later. And uh, I didn't even know that it was being produced. It, you know, I didn't know... My wow. voice is going to be used. None of it. I was literally at home one day and I started getting phone calls and messages and Facebook messages and text messages from people saying you're on the radio. And I'm like, what are you <laughs> talking about? Like you're on the radio. And I'm like, dude, I haven't <laughs> been on the radio since I was like 15 trying to get tickets. I have not. Been <laughs> I promise you it is not me. Okay. And they're like, I know you you're on the radio right now and I'm like okay and they're like internet radio and I'm like the hell is that
1: I can't believe they didn't tell you that it wasn't for notation purposes that your voice was going to be used and and aired on the internet for like that's so crazy to me yeah I mean wow just
5: not
0: to like drive the point home too hardly but like when serial aired Again, like the name Asia McLean, it was like I, I I truly as a person who's an interviewer and i and I love interviewing people, like when serial aired, the idea of an interview with you was like the dream. It was like everybody's dream. How did it dawn on you? What was happening that like you all of a sudden had like the most recognizable name in America?
5: internet. um like article after article, uh, you started seeing read about serial everywhere and uh it is and it's so funny because day when i first heard uh the first episode i I listened to the first episode, freaked out, shut it off, called my husband. I'm like cussing and fussing <laughs> and everything. And he's like, slow down. What are you talking about? And I'm like, remember that lady that I talked to on the phone? She put me on the <laughs> internet and my voice is everywhere, wow. And everybody's talking about it. And literally one one day, you know, I told my husband, I, I had been telling him, you got to listen to this with me. I want to listen to it, but I can't listen to it by myself. And then... um. Just like I talk about it in my book, book. Like I literally just cursed at him and was like, you know, no, you need to listen to this, you know, SHIT right now. Because <laughs> <laughs> because he kept saying, honey, just chill out. You're overreacting. It's not a big deal. It'll be over before you know it you know these things come and they go and just calm down it's, it's it's it'll go away and i was like you don't understand it's not going away no. <laughs> <laughs> you know and I, and he's just like yeah whatever and i'm like no oh, you will listen to this with me right now and so we actually he actually listened to the first episode with me. And like, by the end of the episode, he was just staring at me with his mouth open, like, holy crap. And I'm like, yeah, do you get it now? And then he's like, okay, we have to listen to the rest. And so we like, binged stood and like, we caught up. I think it was at the second to last episode and we caught up to that eight hours.
1: Oh my God, you guys, Asia McLean is just like us, binging cereal.
0: <laughs> You guys to hear the rest of our interview with Asia McLean in which she talks about everything from her memories of that afternoon in the library with Adnan Sayed to writing the letters to him in jail and why she did it. And it's not for the reasons we all think how Sarah Koenig found her in the first place, the information she refused to let Sarah air in the serial podcast what her life is like now, as the potential reason for why Adnan Syed will get out of jail, and how this whole serial situation has affected her life, go to patreon.com slash Obsessed, or find the Patreon link on our website, truecrimeobsessed.com.